Hi guys, thanks for tuning into our podcast. In this podcast, we talk about the real essence of a coach in a student's life and how important a bond is between a coach and a student. Now, let's get started. Hi guys, welcome back to another episode and today we got Steve and Brandon all the way from South Africa. Steve's a coach and Brandon's a student. Hi guys, how are you doing? Very good, how are you doing? Good, thanks. How are you? Thanks for having us. Steve, I just wanted to know how the situation is in South Africa. Yeah, it, it's been pretty tough. Um, you know, we've with the, through the pandemic, it hit us at the end of our cricket season um, last year. So we, we only really lost two weeks of a season. Um, and then obviously going through the off-season, everything was delayed. And, you know, our provincial team started training um, end of July. They st- started in small groups. Um, and we're looking to sort of kick off our provincial league um, franchise tournament starting on the 1st of November. So, yeah, it's tough. Club cricket looks like it's only going to get started in January as, as well as school cricket. So, but I, th- I think that's a lot to do with... CSA's internal issues that they're having as well. Um, but I think, you know, the guys are, are I don't know, it's just it's a little bit frustrating for me as a coach because you know, I'm used to being out there 24 7, 300 days a year. And, you know, to be stuck at home and not being able to coach is it's pretty frustrating. Um, but, uh, you know, also you've got to understand what's going on in the world. And it's important that, you know, the guys sort of try and keep themselves active and busy so that when cricket does eventually start, it's not like we've lost two years of cricket ability in a space of six months or so. And Brandon, how are you keeping yourself fit and how are you practicing? Uh, so at the moment now, we've, we've just gone into our second full lockdown. So it's like super strict. You can't go more than five kilometers from your house. So all cricket is postponed for now. But um, I will be doing, we've got indoor session going with the club that I'm joining um, every Friday night. Uh, so that'll be, that's sort of the plan now once restrictions ease up. And, you know, sort of main thing is trying to just eat healthy because obviously, like it's raining most of the time. So it's difficult to get out. But when it's not raining, try and go for a run, just, you know, sticking with the five kilometer limit that we've got. But, you know, they, we are... We're trying at least. You know, I'm down four kgs in the last six weeks, so we're getting there. Just trying to eat healthy and try and stay fit where possible. It's a little bit difficult, but we got to make the best of what we can do. And Steve, can you just go through how you started out playing cricket and how you got into cricket coaching? Okay, <laughs> uh, I probably started when I was about five years old. I started playing. Um, I played eight teams right through school as an all-rounder. Um, played three years the first team at high school, um, batting number three, opening the bowling, that kind of thing, and played Premier League cricket, which in, I'm talking sort of mid-90s when the guys like Dante and Andrew Hudson and Sean Pollock and all of them were playing. So that's the kind of era I was playing in and, you know, played Premier League for a couple of years and then sort of a shoulder injury curtailed my cricket career. Um, although I was still able to bowl and bat and everything, it's the fielding part that, you know, was a bit uh, suspect for just over 20 years. Um, coaching right through from grassroots, you know, provincial age group from under 11, um, right through to premier division teams. I helped with the provincial team, uh, the provincial academy team at Northerns um, in Pretoria. So, yeah, it's just 
one of those things, you know, I had a, I had a long corporate career as well, but uh, cricket's always been my first passion. Brandon, tell me that one unique characteristic you like about Steve that makes him stand out from all the other coaches out there. But I would say, like obviously with him being my dad, it's sort of different as we, like we're close and we, sort of, we just get each other and we sort of, like sometimes if we're in the nets and he says something, like he, he just looks at me and I sort of realise, okay, this is what I'm doing the wrong thing. Um, but I think he's very good in terms of the way he communicates with people because obviously everyone is different in the way that they go about their cricket and obviously you can't teach everyone the same way because that just doesn't work like that because everybody's different. So I think he's very good in terms of understanding the different players and how they need to be coached. There's no point in you just sticking to the coach that you are and say, this is how I'm coaching. If you don't like it, sorry for you. Like, so I think it's very good in terms of adapting to the needs of the player. Steve, talking about adapting to the needs of the player, how do you, like, for example, tweak your coaching system towards like different, different players? Yeah, I, I think the first thing to understand is everyone, every player plays cricket for a different reason. You know, um, majority of the players have a pinnacle in their career where they only want to play first team at high school, you know, and then after that they quit. You get the players that just want to play provincial level and then you get the, the real sort of hardcore players that really want to go on and represent their country. So, and then you also get sort of the beginner cricketers who actually are playing maybe fourth or fifth team at school, but want to play second team. So it's important to understand what the player wants before you can actually even think about coaching them. You know, understand why they're playing cricket because, you know, a player who wants to go to national level, he's going to give you so much more as a coach. You know, he's going to respond to everything you say um, much quicker than a player who's, you know, he just wants to get to first team and play first team until he's finished school and then he's done with cricket. You know, he's, his progression will probably be a lot slower because he doesn't have a bigger goal. Now, you know, for, for me, like Brandon says, you know, individually, there's no textbook. You know, the textbook is, is about technical stuff. And while technical stuff is important, every player is so different that, you know, your fundamentals don't change, but every single coaching session could be completely different. But the outcomes could still be the same. Brandon, how big of an impact has Steve been in your life? Um, to say a big impact is probably an understatement. Um, I think he's been coaching me since I can't even remember holding her to bat. Um, so I, I don't say thank you enough, but you know, he has always, always helped me and I definitely wouldn't be anywhere where I am today if it wasn't for him. Um, yes, you have coaches during school, but to be able to go back to my own coach on the weekends who knows me and knows the player that I am and sort of the way I do things, I think it's something that I'll never sort of appreciate enough because it's sort of been there all the time and I've maybe yes i've taken taken it for granted at times and i can see how steve was smiling then he's really proud of you right there i can see that <laughs> yeah no no it's definitely you know for, for a young guy who who wants to chase his ambitions it's it's very important you know and um you know i, I think having the dedication to do that on your own it, it's tough um but yeah big up big up to that you know you got to stay focused on what you want to achieve in life steve uh what's the best innings you've ever seen brandon play Best innings, sure. I think there's probably a few that stick out. Um, I would say probably 
Villiers this year, he played an innings in Pretoria, came to South Africa for three months to play and then got sort of stuck here during lockdown. But the innings in, yeah, in Pretoria, where he got 138, I think it was. Um, so what happens in, our, in the leagues here is you play every opposition twice. And the first time he played against them, he sort of, he nicked off quite early. And, you know, to come back against the same opposition and, you know, really grind it out. You know, going out there, you know, batting for whatever, 40, 45 overs, just knuckling down, working hard, making sure you don't make the same mistakes as you did against them in the previous game. So I would say probably that innings. And then, you know, last year, yeah, I think probably that's probably the top innings that I've seen. Um, just just from from his calmness in, in the middle and not sort of feeling the pressure. Um, and then also, you know, there was, a, there was an innings last year, T20 innings in uh, the All-Ireland semi-final. And, you know, we were up against it. You know, we lost wickets regularly, you know. And for him to stick around, and I think he, he was the ninth wicket down or eighth wicket down, um, you know, and, and for a youngster to bat in, in the men's leagues like that in the T20 high-pressure game, I think that's probably probably one of the standout sort of T20 innings is because, you know, sometimes it's, it's not always about the scoring hundreds. You know, it's, it's, it's a high-pressure 40 or it's a high-pressure 30 that gets a team out of trouble, you know. I mean, if he had gone out early, we were looking probably 60, 70 all out. Um, you know, and then you sort of got no chance of winning a game, you know. But uh, to be able to bat through... Not, not having much strike, but being able to stay there with the guys and giving them a bit of confidence in the matter who you're coming in with. Um, I think that was those, those two are probably the two standout innings. And what's that unique aspect you like of Brandon compared to other students you've ever coached? I think I think probably the main thing is the hard work. You know, yeah. For me, for me, uh, I really enjoy working with guys who want to work hard. Um, you know, cricket's such a skill-based game that. You, you get guys who think, oh, I can train once a week and, you know, I can go compete on the weekends and, you know, one every 20 innings, they might come off, you know, but when you're consistently working hard and, you know, you, you're then going to transfer that consistency to the games. Um, so I think it's, I think it's, it's probably the hard work. I think his on-field demeanour is probably something that strikes me a lot um, because he's really, really super competitive competitive and you know like with with anything on sport what happens on the field should stay on the field and you know if, if you if you sledge a guy on the field and everything and he takes it a bit personally or whatever it might be but to go after the game and offer him a drink or something you know that that's probably something for me that makes me stand out as a coach and say you know what that's the right way to play the game you know you you're hard on the field but off the field you forget what happened and you, and, you know you're there to make a bit of mates um one of the few, one of the first lessons I taught him was sports about making mates, and uh, you know, throughout his sporting career, he's made friends with every opposition. Um, and to me, that's probably something that I really admire. And Brandon, what's the best advice you ever received from Steve? Um, I thought about it, like sort of the last couple of days. I've just been thinking about cricket. Obviously, now I don't have cricket. For like I won't play a match until April next year. So I've been thinking about it a lot. And I think the best advice that he's given me would be patience and control. Because I've learned now, 
the first German cricket there's 300 balls. I have a lot of time. Yes, if I face if I face a maiden, it's not the end of the world. Just realize that I've got a lot more time, and also to trust myself that I can catch up because I've always been sort of focused on not sort of being super aggressive, but scoring at a decent rate. Like I don't want to be standing there and just eating up dot balls on the score runs. So I often used to, if I used to face a few dot balls, I'd start to feel the pressure and then I'd play a stupid shot. And yes, it'll come off every now and then, but majority of the time I end up sitting on the side of the field watching everyone else back. Whereas now I've learned just absorb the pressure, take it in, bowler's gonna make a mistake. I capitalize and then I put the pressure back and then I'm on top again. Steve, when I when I was in an academy, we used to follow the orthodox way of coaching, which is do some warm-ups and then hit the nets. So how is your coaching routine like? Is it any different? Yeah, it is quite different because yeah, for, for me, I think probably the the biggest skill in, in cricket um, is fielding. Um, you know, it, it, you'll see every single South African team will probably beat a lot of teams around the world with their fielding. Um, you know, that kind of pressure that you do, that can win you games. You know, you could you could bat badly, you can bowl badly, but your fielding can save you 30, 40, 50 runs in a game. So, you know, for me, yeah, it would be a traditional warm-up start. Um, then split it up, either do some fielding. So depending on the size of the group as well, um, definitely do fielding at, at, if I can, at every single training. Um, and the fielding sessions are normally short and intense. So 10, 15 minutes of short, intense fielding, because um, that's the kind of level you want to transfer to the game. And so for, from me, it would be basically a warm-up. So I'd, the guys would get there, we'd have a chat, um, just explain what's happening during the session, and we'd get into a warm-up quickly. Um, you know, and depend, like right now, we're focusing a bit more on warm-ups because the guys haven't been quite inactive for the last six months. So, you know, we want to make sure that we don't have any injuries. So it's important to get the flexibility back, you know, get the muscles uh, conditioned and activated in the right, um, the right senses of what they need in the game. Then, yeah, I know a lot of guys don't enjoy playing football, but there's so many variations. You know, with the younger kids, we normally use sort of hand soccer or, you know, something that's cricket-based um, for a warm-up. And then, like with the senior guys, soccer, touch rugby, something along those lines. You know, just to get a little bit of competitiveness going, get the blood flow, heart rate up, all of that. Um, and then, yeah, just a quick fielding session, 15, 20 minutes. And then we would go into the nets. Um, and then again, in the nets, again, the guys would then have specific purposes and specific roles that we were trying to achieve for the day. You know, and sometimes the bowlers don't really like it because, you know, especially when you're playing limited overs cricket, your batsmen need to be able to score runs. You know, they need to score enough runs so that your bowlers have to uh, enough to defend. Uh, so, you know, my, my philosophy is quite simple with, we'll call it white ball cricket, is team that scores the most runs is going to win at the end of the day. So, you've seen teams that are three wickets down and they still lose a game because their batsmen aren't conditioned enough to actually chase down a, a decent target. So, um, a lot of the times it will be batting orientated nets. Um, and then when we need to work on the bowling skills and uh, specifically more target based practice, then obviously then the, the bowlers would then be sort of focused on in the training session. And Steve, here in India, so all academies are basically flooded with 
students, like around 600 to 700 people. So how is it back in South Africa? So, so generally the academies are all small. Um, you know, so they would be limited to about 30 to 40 people per academy. So, you know, because generally you would have one or two coaches, not like in India where you have lots of coaches at an academy, you know, to cater for the numbers. So a lot of the times you might have one, maybe two guys running 30 people in an academy. Um, but, but again, the, the, the academy systems are good because you, know, you can practice different things, different aspects of, of teamwork in, around in a game. But it still doesn't take away, you know, it's very difficult to coach individually during a team session, you know, because you need to dedicate. And, and like I said earlier, it's a skill-based game. You know, it's not going to take you 10 minutes to fix something in the net in a team environment. You know, it might be something that's going to take an hour or so. Um, you know, so... So I think that private one-on-one -on -one coaching is still vital um, because that's where you can really get the players focused. There's no distractions, um, you know, and you're able to fix the, any errors that are that need to be addressed. But in terms of a team and uh, you know, an academy team environment, it's very difficult to to coach individually in that environment. You know, obviously you can identify things, you know, because that's what you're looking for. You're looking, you know, are they starting to pick up bad habits? Are they what, what is different if they're not being successful on the field, you know? So I think that's probably more where my, my focus would be in, in the academy training session or a team training session or something like that. There's more, is that working? Are they being disciplined enough to hit their targets? You know, are the batsmen playing freely? Because I think probably one of the most difficult things as, a, as any coach in the world is when you're working with a player and you bring him into the nets and yes, you, and you, say, and you sort of do a game-based almost like a live net and you, and the guy goes and he plays and you think okay perfect and then he goes and he plays the matches on the weekend and it's like seeing two different people so the moment the batsmen are able you know able to say right i'm training like this this week and the coaches need to allow them the freedom to do that and he can go then on the weekend and if he gets out for example the same way for two weeks in a row then you can address and you say well try this in the nets and see if that works you know and then if you can execute it in the net that's, you should be able to execute it in the game and I, I think that's probably probably the, the hardest thing in a team environment is you know people think they need to impress and everything you know you're there because of your ability and because of a, of a way you play and it's important that you understand you know like they say guys when they're 30 years old understand their game but I imagine if we can get 22-year-olds to understand their game, how much more competitive cricket at all levels will be. So, you know, my, my coaching style is very much express yourself because I can work with that, you know. If you if you come into the nets and, you know, you're hitting everything, like absolutely everything out the middle of the bat, I'm thinking, okay, well, you're in good form. Comes to the weekend or your match time and you're hitting every single fielder, you know. So then you've got to work on precision and you start working on your placement of, of exactly, you know, so there's, there's things to fix on that. But, um, you know, if you're coming into the nets and you're just smashing everything and you're coming into the game and now you're just blocking ones and twos, I'm like, uh, you, it doesn't work. You know, cricket is, is, it's a repetition all the time. You know, the way you, the way you are repeating what you're doing in training to the, to the matches 
you know, that's how I, I see successful players coming through. And coming to the final question, how important do you feel a relationship is between a coach and a student? For example, you and Brandon. Yeah, um, I think it's it's vital. You know, any any successful coach will tell you that if you don't know the person, you can't work with them. You know, and and that's probably the difficulty you guys have in India is. I don't know what your your scale is for one coach, whether you've got fifty or sixty people for one coach. Try, I mean, trying to understand all of that, it's it's tough. So you might only end up getting to know four or five players, and those are the ones that end up being your go-to players. Exactly. So, you know, as as a coach, the if you, if you don't have a relationship with guys, you don't know when they've got something else that's distracting them. You know, like Ryan says, I can just look at him, and he knows that he's done. Maybe picked up a bad habit or something, um, and that's the kind of relationship I like to have with the players. You know, if you're able to, because in the, what people don't understand is, yes, we have coaching sessions, and we work hard with players and all that, but when they're out in the middle, they're on their own, and if they are unable to fix things by themselves while they're batting in the middle, they're not going to be very successful. So. You know, and and if you come down to a training session and you've either had a bad day at school or you've had a bad day at work, you know it's important that that you're able to tell your coach that that he understands why you might not be 100% on your game. At the same time, it's important for all the players to be focused where they are. Now, what I mean by that is, if you're sitting in the classroom and you're doing maths or your worst subject ever, give it 100% because. If you're successful in the classroom, you're going to be successful in other things in life, and it's the same thing at work. You know, if you have a bad day at work, you know it's going to affect everything else. You know, we had we had we talk about. Uh, I mean, we all know guys don't really like the academic side of the upbringing, but you know they have to do it. But when you're studying for exams, for example, and you put off your studying to late Sunday evening. But you've got two cricket games on Saturday and Sunday. Okay, where's the child's focus going to be? It's on the test that's coming up on Monday. So rather do the studying on Friday night so that you're comfortable, knowing that on Monday your you know your test is going to be good. So I think that's 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 where their relationship comes in. You know, you've got to have an open open policy with players. They must be able to come and talk to you about anything, um, because if you're going to be successful at cricket, you need to be successful off the field, and that's. Not just the training. I'm talking about successful in life. Now, some of the best coaches around the world, some of the best mentors around the world, will tell you about creating a complete human. And you know, if you're doing that, I definitely think you'll be a lot more successful in terms of chasing what you really want. You know, having that 100% laser focus on. You know, if you're at training, don't think about anything else. Think about what you want to achieve at training. Um, you do that. And and you're able to sort of compartmentalize your your thought processes, you'll definitely see a change in performance. And um, and and I'm not talking about cricket. I'm talking about academic performance. You know, because you guys sit in the classroom and they talk to their friends, and all they're thinking about is we're going to play cricket at break time, or we're going to play cricket after school, or you know, I mean, South Africa is very much like India, where it's it's cricket mad. You know, so every opportunity you get, you can play cricket. You know, whether it's a A game in the corridor, it's a game on the, on the small part of the field, whatever it might be, um, and that distracts them from the academic.
academics. And it's the same thing, you know, and they fall behind on academics and that distracts them from cricket. So it's important to have that, that complete focus. Um, and at the same time, don't ever take your eyes off of your prize. You know, you, if you want to represent your country one day, you always have that in the back of your mind, but it shouldn't dominate your, your thought processes and getting there because you'll miss out on so much um, before you get there. All right, guys, I don't want to take more of your time. It was really great to have both of you here. Have a great day. Oh, absolutely. Thanks very much. Eh? Thanks, you too.